Hi everyone, my name is Gordon Light and you are listening to episode number five of the Fit Successful Dad Podcast. Let's get started. Hey everyone, and once again, my name is Gordon Light. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Fit Successful Dad podcast. Today is episode five, like I mentioned, and we are going to talk about how and why to set real expectations. So I've been thinking about expectations, and the reason is I've set them in the past, even somewhat recently, and I set these law. Lo- I have a tendency. I think a lot of people do to to set these lofty expectations, and then because they're so out there and they're they require kind of an aligning of planets sometimes to happen. They don't always occur, right? They don't always happen. I don't reach the goal that the expectation was put in place to achieve. And so I've been thinking about expectations, and and I started to wonder, you know, what what is an expectation exactly? So I know what an expectation is. We all do. We talk about it all the time. They're used in our everyday dialogue. But but I just wanted to just stop for a second and just ask the question, right? There's no such thing as a, as a dumb question. So what is an expectation exactly? Well, the textbook definition for expectation states, quote, a strong belief that something will happen or be the case in the future, end quote. So it's a strong belief that something will happen, right? It's a belief. And what is that belief based on? And, uh, you know, it started this, asking this question just spawned more questions. I mean, we have a belief that something's going to happen or something's going to be the case in the future. And we base that off of what? Something we want to happen, right? I don't know. If we expect something to happen... Again, what is it based on? Is it based on us having done some form of preparation in order to ensure some specific desired outcome or something? Or is it, is it because we want the end result to be something specific, something very, very specific, and therefore we form this expectation around that thing that we want? Well, I kind of believe that it's both, actually. I think people usually go about things backwards, though. And what I mean by that is when they set a goal or an objective, they, you know, or they, they define this expectation, uh, then they, they tend to work backwards from that so that they can kind of fill in all the stepping stones to get there. Now, that's a fantastic strategy. And that's how a lot of businesses and brands and, and companies are built, is they're built off of an idea. You have this idea, you want to produce this thing, whatever it is, and you kind of step backwards from that to find out what you need to do to get there. That's an excellent strategy. And it's one that's used, like I said, all the time. But some, a lot of people do this to their detriment. And they set this radical expectation and only that one expectation. And then they try to fill in some of the blanks on how to get there. And they don't take into account all the little milestones that are still critical and significant along the way. And I'll provide an example for that in a minute. 
But that is what I think is a, a, a one of the key contributors to people giving up because that type of approach often leads to no result. And no result obviously produces a, a big fat zero in that expectation column. And, and, I, and I think it all kind of starts right there. I think it all starts on how you prepare yourself to go after what you're going after and and that you, your roadmap is the right roadmap and all the milestones and expected results are realistic and aligned with your beliefs and the things that you want to actually accomplish. Because if the expectation is not practical, then maybe a good approach would be to keep that impractical, lofty, vast objective or vast expectation it's it's okay to keep it there but if you add in the again these these smaller significant milestones significant milestones on the way to that result and work backwards from those and fill in the gaps between those then all the steps and pieces that are needed to get to that final lofty expectation can now start to come together so let's think about our kids for a minute we all have expectations for our kids, right? Some of us have these grand expectations, such as them going to a certain school or developing a certain characteristic or being in a certain profession or something. Some of us have an expectation that they will simply be happy and healthy doing whatever they want to do in life. And these are both very different schools of thought, but they're both extremely common. I think if you talk to a lot of other parents, you'll find that these two, these aren't the only two, but these particular two schools of thought and approaches to parenting are very common. And they're actually both quite lofty. And one of the reasons is it's just, it's kind of an an intense exercise to try and predict or anticipate or plan some kind of outcome for a human being in the future. And honestly, to analyze and and logically interpret a child's lifestyle outcomes, it's vastly puzzling to me. And I'm about as qualified to try and do that as I am to perform open heart surgery. But child psychology aside, I do know a thing or two about building businesses. And I've studied this before and I've built a couple of my own. And here is an example of an expectation in the realm of launching, let's say, a physical products business, right? So I'm going to go over an expectation that someone might have for a business or a physical products business specifically, and then talk about maybe why it's not the right expectation or maybe the tweaks that can be done to make it the right expectation. So the first expectation is... I want to make tons of money by selling stuff that I never touch, selling products that I never actually actually have to physically touch. Now that's very vague, but this expectation is extremely common amongst physical product brand owners or aspiring physical product brand owners. And this end result that people start with when they want to launch an online physical products business usually doesn't end up so well. The problem is that it's it's not really the right mindset to be in. Now, it's very possible to make 
tons of money online by selling things that you never actually have to physically touch. That's a real business model. However, if it was just that easy that you could put that idea out there and then snap your fingers, make a couple of calls, and you're in that position where you're doing that, then everybody, everybody would be doing it, right? And that remember that old saying, if, you know, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Well, let's take another look at this business model and the way that it possibly could be set up for success rather than failure. And so instead of making that expectation, I want to make tons of money by selling stuff online that I never touch. Let's make that expectation. I want to sell a physical product online, period. Now you're working with something realistic. Okay. Now you can take all the thoughts of lavish profits out of the game for a minute and think more clearly about how to build a physical products company and get it online. Right, so you're not thinking about the dollars, you're not thinking about the profit. And from here, it's easier to home in on what you really want to sell. And then you can find a supplier and you can work with them to create the prototypes and do all the testing and eventually get a product line going. And once you get that product line going, you can begin to scale and monetize your audience if you have one and build your social media and do all the other pieces that go along with that. So Circling right back around to the first end result of making tons of money online selling things. Well, now this is a, an expectation or a result or an objective that you can actually go after. This is something that can be achieved. If you have a product that's now selling online, you may find out that you need to make some tactical adjustments to that product line or to your brand approach. And when you do these things, you can start to add more products to your product line how you approach the uh, promotion of those products might change, or if you don't have a promotional um, or marketing campaign, you can start one from there. You can uh, build a social media presence, find ambassadors, sponsor something, and do all those things. And now we're seeing the potential path to making tons of money by selling stuff online. And uh, the the part where you never touch the product, that is a small side component that happens when you get a little bit bigger and you have the cash flow to handle fulfillment and handling done offsite, right? So you never have to actually touch anything. But what you've done here, potentially, if you you know follow this very simplistic um, strategy that I just put out there, you can end up at the first expectation that we talked about, which was hey, my name's Gordon and I want to sell physical products online that I never touch and I want to make tons of money doing it, right? And that's very, very possible. Like I said, if you deconstruct your high expectation into something a little bit more simplistic that will lead you there. So instead of chasing that huge meteor out in outer space, let's just aim for little stars first that are in line between you and that meteor, right? Um, I think it was John Lee Dumas from uh, another podcast called Entrepreneur on Fire who once said, and I I don't know if he made this up or not, but uh, it resonated with me. He said, if you aim for the moon, right, even if you miss, you'll still land among the stars. Well, I I truly believe that. And it's, it's very applicable here. We all want to be at the moon. If you consider the moon to be kind of your, your end game objective. And so aim for it, but aim for it cleverly 
such that you still land among the stars, right? Now, and let's let's also think about the other reality here for a second. If you're listening to this podcast, you probably have a family like me, right? Well, we're constantly being pulled and stretched thin, at least I know I am, um, to do things that we want while also not neglecting our responsibilities as parents, right? I think we can all share that same characteristic. And having and setting real expectations are of the utmost importance here when you're in this position. And I used to do this a lot when I was building my first brand. Uh, When I was, whether I'd be at my day job or away from my family, uh, I don't know, running an errand or something, I would create this agenda, this list of things that I was going to do that night and to propel my businesses. Because when I'm not working on my business or one of my brands, I'm always thinking about it. And so I'd be away from my my uh, home office or away from my work or something, and I would be building this agenda of things I want to do. And this would happen all too often. I would get home, and I'd have dinner with my family. Uh, if my son had hockey or something, I'd take him to that. And despite my work ethic and my desire to hustle on my brands and you know continue building them, I would end up having to do things like give my son a bath or you know, help with some things around the house, read my son a book, put him to bed, that kind of thing. Um, just, you know, in addition to just everything else that goes along with you know, common family life. And before I knew it, it would be 11 p.m. or almost midnight, and I haven't touched my to-do list or my agenda. And this is life, right? This, is ha- this happens to all of us. It's just the way it is. And when I started creating more realistic agendas for my evenings at home, that's when I actually started to get a lot done. And here's what changed. Here's what clicked. My to-do lists, right? Something as simple as a daily to-do list. I would take an unrealistic expectation uh, that I used to put on my, my to-do list. I would take that off and I would put on just a couple of small things. And I would make sure that I did those. Those would be those could be five minute, 10 minute, 15 minute things versus like a two hour thing that like I used to have on there. And what I found was I could squeeze in a few of those every single night if I wanted to. And that allowed me to take smaller steps, but more frequently. So this is, this is a couple years ongoing at this point. Uh, but these small steps, after a period of weeks or months, they turn into you're, you covering a lot of ground. And I think part of this whole mental shift was like just not expecting any longer to do these huge things when I would sit down to do work. When you sit down to do work, it's okay to be ultra efficient and get a lot of small things done or a handful of small things done and start checking things off the list or start adding to your things I've accomplished today list. Some people like to do that instead of a a to-do list. They like to do a list of things that they got done, which is like, you know, basically building a to-do list and in reverse as they do them. Uh, But my point is taking a small step every single day or multiple small steps every single day will allow you to get so much more done than you can imagine, right? It's, It's true. And if you knock off a bunch of things off your list and make that extra step towards your goal, no matter how small it is, trust me, in a year, you would have potentially built your entire business off of small steps. And you could be making 
a significant amount of money. You could be paying your mortgage off of small steps that you took every single day. And these small steps allow you to figure out just how efficient you really are. And if you're struggling in efficiency, it allows you to build that strength, that skill set. And if you're not struggling, struggling in efficiency and you are the type of person that can dial in to a task and just bang it right out, then you'll probably be able to get even more done in these small 15 or 20 minute sprints or whatever little window of time you have available in between responsibilities and family stuff at home. So we are all busy parents trying to build something, or in some cases, I guess, uh, we're keeping what we have and trying to build it and fortify it and scale it up even more. And you can absolutely, without a doubt, crush any of these goals that you want and carve your own path to financial freedom and live the lifestyle that you want with these small periods of time while working with a family at home. It can be done. I promise. Make that small step every single day, no matter what. After a month, you've made 30 small steps. And believe me, that covers a lot of ground. And when you get the chance, try to squeeze in some bigger steps. And before you know it, you're so far down towards your goal that the objective you originally had, that expectation that you originally set, begins to actually turn into reality. And with that, guys, I'm going to wrap it up. Once again, my name is Gordon Light. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Fit Successful Dad podcast. I do have a favor to ask of you. If you are liking the podcast so far, could you please go over to iTunes and leave us a review? I would really, really, really appreciate your feedback, and I look forward to hearing some of the things that everyone is saying about the podcast. That's going to allow us to achieve our objective, one of our objectives, of reaching more parents who are interested in or are passionate about or currently practicing some form of entrepreneurship and to find those who think that they can't achieve and pursue and build the things that they want to actually create and share the message with them that yes there is a way to do it it's not impossible and there's no need to settle and we can show you how so once again guys thank you so much for tuning in and i will talk to you on the next episode